And welcome to Thursday on the Pure Opelka podcast, or as we like to call it, Donald Trump will be arrested today and his mugshot will be available for merchandising later this afternoon. Of course that's going to happen. Mr. Trump is uh, turning himself in in Fulton County, Georgia at the courthouse. He will be uh, mugshotted, as they are saying on television. It sounds like a, a weird way to phrase that. He'll also be weighed. And there are people in, uh, in England who are betting on how much Donald Trump will weigh. <laughs> kind of weird, right? Yes, it is. Uh, that's the big news today after yesterday's debate and the uh, the interview with Tucker Carlson and the former president. I watched both all the way through. I watched the entire debate and then I got up this morning and I watched the entire interview with Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson. Now, preliminary estimates on the debate on Fox were saying that at one point, Three and a half million people tuned in, which would be a decent night on cable TV. It's not exactly the numbers you want, the stellar numbers you wanted when uh, when you were talking about hosting this debate. So that might not be good news, especially when you look at the Tucker Carlson interview and you see that at least 170 million people clicked on it or there were 170 million clicks. Even if you say, yeah, well, some people came back or they watched a part of it and then they came back a couple of times. Even if you said 10 to one, that's still 17 million. 17 million, kind of the baseline. That's a lot more than watch the Fox debate. Now, if you didn't watch the debate, you did miss some fireworks. But here's my uh, abbreviated take on it because I don't think it's worth beating this thing up too much. I don't believe the GOP candidate was on the stage last night. I don't believe, and I'm kind of thinking a couple times about this, I don't think the vice presidential candidate for the GOP was on the stage last night. I know a lot of people are saying, well, what what about Vivek Ramaswamy? Really? Really? I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't think so. He did a good job. He, had, he did a fine job, in fact. A lot of people said that uh, he confirms he won the debate uh, after this moment. President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. That's uh, Vivek's take on that. And, of course, Mr. Trump agreed and put it up on Truth Social. So that's an interesting take. And there's a new poll, by the way, sidebar, new Pew poll that says uh, Reagan is still the most popular, the greatest president of the, the last hundred years. Donald Trump, not far behind. It's like 42% to 37%. So that's interesting. Uh, I, I thought there were uh, a few things to notice. Chris Christie, I'm sorry. There's just so much anger. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be the nominee, sir. But Christie and Vivek went back and forth, and I actually think Vivek Ramaswamy got the better of things here. You raise your hand, supporting. No, I'd like to hey. get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie. 
Honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. And if people at home want to see a bunch of people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country, they could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice, and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have to end the weaponization of justice in this country. Now, I thought that was a good take. I think he's right. We have to end the weaponization. Now, where did Vivek fail? Well, there are a lot of people out there today saying that he plagiarized Barack Obama when he introduced himself. Hmm. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician. Of a mill worker's son who dares to defy the odds. The hope of a skinny kid with a funny name who believes that America has a place for him too. That was 19 years ago, Barack Obama delivering the keynote address at the Democrat National Convention. That was his breakout moment. But it certainly sounded like a bunch of that was lifted by Vivek Ramaswamy. It will be noted on MSNBC and CNN. You can bet. Absolutely, you can bet. Uh, the other, a couple other clips I want to play. Uh, let me see here. The, the moment when the candidates on stage were asked the question about whether or not they would support Donald Trump if he's convicted, but yet still becomes the nominee. It was telling. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. Vivek's hand goes up. Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Doug Burgum, Mike Pence. DeSantis was a little reluctant. And, and then DeSantis was a little reluctant. And then we had uh, Christie saying that this behavior has to stop. I didn't raise my hand for this. This behavior has to stop. I think it was a serviceable night for uh, Ron DeSantis, for Vivek Ramaswamy, for Tim Scott. Nikki Haley came off to me a little bit hungry for um, a war. And uh, she was a little shrill at times. I think Mike Pence is done. Uh, I think it's over for Mike Pence. He did a great job for the country when he was called to service. But I do believe he needs to drop out as well. Now, the two side candidates, Asa Hutchinson doesn't have a chance. So let's just end this charade now. Doug Burgum, that was one of the more interesting moments of the night. Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota, the guy who hurt himself the morning of the debate in a pickup basketball game with his staff, had to go to the hospital. And when it came time to introduce himself, he came out, by the way, on crutches. Wonder if he was on a bunch of painkillers. But uh, the, this was a, a very interesting moment last night. 
Yeah, so let's hear from Governor Burgum and then from Governor Hutchinson on the economy, sir. Well, great. Thank you, Martha. And of course, uh, I'm from a town of 300 people. It's a big deal to make it on this stage with all these folks. Uh, but... <laughs> But when they were, they were all wishing me well, uh, and I think I took them a little too literally when they said, go to Milwaukee and break a leg. So. <laughs> Pretty good, right? I mean, a little affability there. It talks about his, his real life as he's a guy from a town of 300. Not so much anymore. Still a governor of a state, a reliably red state. And then he tried to make a, a pretty strong, solid policy statement. But I do want to say uh, uh, on this, we're missing something. We can't just talk about the Biden economy because the economy, energy, and national security are all tied together. We, of course, we're paying too much for our energy in our in our state right in our country right now. But part of the reason why is because of the Biden policies on energy. We've got a plan right now, the $1.2 trillion of Green New Deal spending buried in the Inflation Creation Act is something that is just subsidizing China. We're, if we're going to stop buying oil from the Middle East and start buying batteries from China, we're just trading OPEC for Sinopec. And then I like trading OPEC for Sinopec. I thought that was pretty good. He was impressive as we didn't know anything about him going into this. I hope he makes it to the next debate so we can actually hear more from him. And I hope they winnow the field down so there might be five people. And it would be nice if Mr. Trump would go there. But, you know, it's not necessary. If you, if you watch the Tucker Carlson interview at the very opening, he was asked about why he wasn't there. Mr. President, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Why aren't you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that, and many people said you shouldn't do them, but you see the polls have come out, and I'm leading by 50 and 60 points. And, you know, some of them are at one and zero and uh, two. And I'm saying, do I sit there for an hour or two hours, whatever it's going to be, and uh, get harassed by people that shouldn't even be running for president? Should I be doing that? Uh, and a network that isn't particularly friendly to me, frankly. You know, they, uh, they were back in Ronda Sanctimonious like crazy, and now they've given up on him. I mean, he's, it's a lost cause. Kind of an interesting answer to that question, and yet I think I agree with him on that. Uh, Mr. Trump was pressed again on uh, the status of, of television as a viable transmitter of news and information and debates like this again i think he had a pretty comprehensive position a, a pretty comprehensive knowledge about the state of the electronic media do you think television is declining well according to a poll that i guess we just saw it just came out where it's down like 30 35 percent but i think they were talking referring to cable i think cable's down because it's lost credibility msnbc or as they say, MSDNC is so bad. It's so wrong what they write and what they do and what they say. It's, you know, it's fake news, as I said. I think I came up with that term. I hope I did because it's a good one. It's not tough enough anymore. It's corrupt news. You know, really what you do is call it corrupt news, but somehow that doesn't play as nicely. But uh, it is corrupt news. Corrupt news. I like fake news better. And it, it sings a little better. Plus, we have that fake news jingle we made a couple of years ago. We might have to bring that back out again. Uh, the next debate, the next debate on Fox is September 27th. I think it's on Fox Business. I don't know if that means 
The focus will be more on questions that are business-related. Maybe. Maybe not. We shall see. I do hope that Mr. Trump appears. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, A couple other stories I want to touch on before we get uh, into our our visit with Lauren Fix, the car coach, who has some really interesting stuff to talk about today. She sent me a note uh, yesterday about this. Um, The uh, Mark Meadows appeal to try and avoid having to turn himself in in Georgia. Donald Trump's former chief of staff, White House chief of staff, uh, he's going to have to be there before two o'clock today or the prosecutor has said she will issue an arrest warrant for him. Uh, This is just getting silly. He's not going anywhere. He will turn himself in. Um, We also had uh, Rudy Giuliani's mugshot yesterday, and there were nine others, I think, who posed, including Sidney Powell. Rudy does not look happy. Donald Trump going to hold a fundraiser for Rudy's legal defense fund at... uh, at his ben- Bedminster, New Jersey club. That's a nice thing to do. Uh, we do want to know, we do want to know if we're ever going to see a debate on the Democrat side. Many people keep asking, is, is Joe Biden ever going to debate any of the people who are saying they're candidates? Well, we know that Democrats are afraid of Robert Kennedy on the debate stage. They're probably also afraid of uh, Marianne Williamson. And I'm betting they're afraid of uh, Cornell West as well. Cornell West, the the crazy guy, is probably going to try and run as an independent. We shall see. Overseas, there's a lot going on. Iran is now showing off a new deadly drone they have. It kind of looks like our Predator drones, only it can stay in the air for 24 hours, they say, and capable of reaching Israel. This is not good. This is really uh, another example of why we don't need to be giving Iran any more money or any deals because their hope is to create uh, nuclear bombs and put them on these drones and fly them into Israel. And they only have to be right once, right? They could send 100 drones in. And if the Iron Dome gets 99 of them, but one gets through, it is a cataclysmic disaster. Vladimir Putin, currently the guy everybody believes took out the leader of the Wagner group. Yeah, that happened yesterday. Why would you even get on a plane if you're Yevgeny Prigozhin, the guy who challenged uh, Putin about uh, two months ago? He challenges Putin and then, gee, two months later, you get on a plane, your plane is shot down. You are dead. You are dead, sir. Congratulations. You just won the dead prize. Uh, but this is so frustrating to me. Uh, two mass shootings yesterday. One was in Pittsburgh, and there were hundreds of bullets fired all yesterday afternoon. Turns out the shooter was the only guy who died, thank God, and I thank God the cops got him. I haven't heard of any people who were in serious danger of losing their life in that uh, Pittsburgh shooting incident yesterday afternoon. And then there was a mass shooting at a, uh, a famous biker bar in Orange County, California, this this apparently, I initially, when I saw the pictures from it, I thought, hey, is that the bar that was in Pee Wee Harmon's, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Remember, they had the motorcycles that fell and Pee Wee was doing the uh, tequila dance in the white shoes? No, it wasn't that bar. That's now a Mexican restaurant. But this is in Trabuco Canyon. 
and uh, Cook's Corner, a famous biker bar. Apparently, uh, at least 10 people shot. A few of them died overnight. That's kind of crazy. So expect to hear a bunch of discussion from the left about guns because that's their favorite thing to target in your freedoms. Take away your guns. They can pretty much take away everything else. Uh, Elon Musk is planning on suing George Soros because he has funded a whole bunch of uh, NGOs, non-governmental organizations that are working to remove free speech from Twitter slash X. We'll follow that up to see if anything happens. Are you worried about the economy? Well, Europe's economy is tanking. China's economy is tanking. Usually that's like a, uh, a flu. It travels around the world. So we should keep our eye out here on, on those economies. We're all kind of linked together. I'm hoping Europe's economy is not in trouble, but apparently it is. And we know China's is. Uh, Jonathan Honig, Capitalist Peg, will probably join us tomorrow or Monday to discuss the state of the economy and what you should be keeping an eye out for. There are some very interesting stories that are off in the perimeter. Kevin Hart, comic Kevin Hart, he's in a wheelchair. Why? He tried to race a former NFL running back in a 40-yard dash. That's not a good idea, Kevin Hart. He apparently pulled every kind of muscle you could pull in his body, and he's in a wheelchair for the moment. I hope he gets better. I think he will. And finally, somebody with too much money paid $1.87 million for a 1954 Ferrari. I wouldn't think that's a, a problem if you got the money and you can spend it on a 1954 Ferrari. Good for you. God bless. This one doesn't drive. As a matter of fact, it's a crashed Ferrari from 1954. It's one of only, I think, 14 that were made. It's not like you can rebuild it, is it? Hmm. We'll keep an eye on that story. $1.87 million for a crashed car more than 60 years old. <laughs> Too much money, like I said. Uh, speaking of cars... When we get back, Lauren Fix, the car coach, joins us to give us some car smarts and talk about what's going on in the automotive world next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Lauren Fix, the car coach, is with us because we talk about cars. We love automotive stuff. And uh, Lauren is, of course, as I've said, the car coach. She has a great YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports, where you get car smarts every week, all through the week, all kinds of great videos. That'll teach you things you probably didn't know. And then we talk about stuff here on the radio. We talk about what's happening in the automotive world, what's what's happening behind the scenes, and what's coming. Because it's what's coming that really affects your future. And she's joining us right now. Hello, my friend. Hello. Yeah, I just got back from a very secret location out in the middle of uh, Barstow, California, where Kia showed us some upcoming products. I did mention the product in the past, but we actually got to drive it. But we have we have a huge embargo on drive impressions. Now so wait, 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 wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. A secret location in Barstow, California. What do you land in California? They pick you up in a limousine, they blindfold you, they spin you around three times, and then they take you someplace. <laughs> I don't think we've got to that point yet, but we have got to the point we've had to leave our phones outside. 
We've had to sign waivers. They take us to a private room. They scan us down to make sure we're not carrying cameras and stuff like that. And then close the door and, you know, locked it and said, this is what you got. You can't write about it. So we have, that's as far as we've gotten. They haven't spun us around yet, but um, there's a lot of places out in the middle of the desert that car manufacturers, especially out in California, um, are out there. And actually, by the way, they were talking about the hurricane going through Hurricane Hillary, how appropriate. Um, but there was no damage. I didn't see anything. It was, there was no heavy rain. If there was, it was certain areas, but we didn't, we weren't anywhere near that. But we did drive, uh, the Kia EV6 GT out there and we drove the EV9 on the, on the property and then back out. So it was, um, it was good. It was interesting. Good to see some new products out there. And they told us about some other product we can't talk about, but there's a lot of changes coming and they're not all electric. So good. don't feel, don't feel the pressure that the mainstream media is pushing on you. You need to buy electric because even the car manufacturers know this is not good for the long haul. It's not going to work. They're not making money. If they can't make money, you lose jobs. Just like the 980 people that lost their job in Arizona this week, where they shut down one of the service centers for General Motors. It's going to hurt every brand if you go 100% electric. And GM says they're doing it. So we'll see what we'll see uh, if they turn tail like most brands. And that includes Ford because Jim Farley said, "Yeah, I don't think we're ready for prime time." Toyota, Honda, you're starting to see, as I've been saying for the last 10 years and taking a load of heat for it, you're starting to see it. The, I don't think the consumer has 100% got it yet, but the news will constantly say that everybody's getting an electric car. Aren't you? Mike, aren't you getting an electric car? Everyone has one. Uh, I'm getting one on, on the 12th. You are? Of never. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for playing along. Uh, Lauren, I saw Jim Farley in a video. He took mm -hmm. one of the Lightning electric F-150 trucks on a drive across Route 66 and seemed to be having a dose of reality hit him mm -hmm. when he talked about the problems charging this thing. So that was nice to see. We appreciate that. Yeah, and but, Jim's a car guy. Well, if yeah. you were to go to his house or his private collection, he's got real like performance cars and some pretty nice ones. And I race with him as well. But I will tell you that um, I think the wake-up calls when he went to plug in and he plugged in at a fast charger and 40 minutes later, he only had 40%. So as I say to the average person out there, so you go to the gas station and you stand there for four, you know 40 minutes and you only fill up your gas tank less than halfway and then you drive away. That's That's absurd. You'd look at me like, well, why would I do that? Are you crazy? And that's exactly what all this is melting into as an equivalent for the consumer to say, I was there for 40 minutes for half a tank of gas. This is not going to work. And so when he started talking to other electric car people and the problems they had, he started realizing we can't go 100% electric, even though Bill Ford is 100% uh, a greenie and 100% in on the all electric has been for years. My only fear is Jim Farley's 100% correct. My fear at Ford is sometimes when the people that own the company or that run the company above him decide that if he doesn't comply, they let you go and they put somebody in who's a techie guy who's going to make all kinds of promises and not be able to deliver either. And that's what's happened to the previous two CEOs to Jim Farley. Uh, hopefully he stays. He's a good car guy and he's protecting our right, at least from the Ford brand, to have a mixture of vehicles, whether it be gas, diesel, hybrid, electric, you should be able to choose what you want. Good. 
I'm, I hope he sticks to that. Uh, speaking of that, Lauren, I saw an article that said uh, the the tax rebates that so many EV buyers were looking forward to, uh, to getting only applies to a, a small minority of the oh. electric vehicles available. What's that about? That is 100% correct. I did a video on that. It's on my Car Coach Reports channel if you want to get a deeper dive. So originally it was you got the $7,500 tax credit until you reach 200,000 vehicles. So Tesla met it first, and then General Motors and a couple other brands were, were meeting that. But then they said, well, this isn't fair. Startups are getting the credit. So they went back to the Infrastructure and Inflation Reduction, which is the Inflation Increase Act in my eyes, and uh, they changed everything. And then they realized this isn't going to work because no cars complied, not even Tesla. They had to be built in the U.S., 100% battery materials in the U.S., batteries assembled in the U.S., and they're like, uh-oh, we got a problem. So they waited and delayed it and delayed it, and they came up on April 1st with the new thing that the battery had to be half built in the U.S. and the car had to be built in the U.S. in order to meet that $7,500 tax credit that goes to consumers. It's a tax credit. It is not a check. You're not getting a check written to you saying, Michael Pelka, here's $7,500. So if you have more than $7,500 of tax payments that are due to the federal government, it would reduce that. Yeah. That's all it does. People well, don't realize that. If you have less than that, you end up getting a rebate from the government, from the IRS. That's how that, that works. That changed, though. That was how it was. Oh, the I don't think... The new one is it, you only are you get sure? what you owe. Are you so, sure? Yep. So the new one is if you owe $5,000 in taxes and you buy an electric car, then that would offset your federal taxes. And the state has their own incentive. Uh, for example, New York State's $2,000. Some states are $1,500, like California. Some are $2,500. So you have to do all your homework. And you may have a company that will, if you work for a large company like Disney or something like that, they'll also offer you discounts. So you have to kind of do your homework. But so what's happened now? Because so few cars complied, They've now changed the rules again, and it's a constant rule change. The manufacturers are losing their minds because they're trying to figure out how do we help our customers. And and that is truly what they're trying to do is give you the best car for the best price. And they get reimbursed from the federal government, which, again, is your tax dollars. Just so you know, if the government gives money to anybody or anything, that's your tax dollars, everything you spend yep. money on. Yep. It's not just out of the blue. They didn't just print it. And I think people have trouble processing that. But – so the fact is, if your car is a lease and it's an electric car and it, the car is either built here or the batteries from here, you will get a $7,500 tax credit in lease. In a purchase, the car has to be built 100% here. If not, you could get $3,750. You could get nothing. And if you buy and the car's not built here, maybe it's built in Germany or Mexico or someplace else, you don't get anything. So that's when people are starting to get mad. And Tesla's been taking advantage of this since day one. That's one reason he can sell cars. He's very uh, savvy to the government regulations on how to dance sure. around them and has done very well with it. I give him tons of credit for that. Um, but for like a company like Kia, for example, I was there and I asked the question, so what's the deal with the tax credit for this new EV9? They said you get it in a lease because the vehicle's built in Korea to begin with. The battery is built in Korea to begin with. And then once they open their plant in 2024, the car will be built here in the U.S. and in, in Georgia. They have a plant in Savannah for batteries, a plant in West Point, Georgia for cars. Then they'll get the tax credit if you buy. 
So it's crazy. But, you know, bringing all the production here is fine. But the UAW wants to start jacking up the rates, and that's going to crush these car companies. Well, uh, let's pivot into the UAW thing because I don't want to run out of time with you here. The UAW yeah. is... So the UAW is very interesting. Well, right uh, hang on a second. I see, and you can confirm or deny this, I see that the UAW appears to be getting ready to go on strike, and they're even practicing their chants and their yeah. sign carrying. Yes, yes, because their new uh, leader, Fain, uh, Sean Fain, has said, we demand from Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, ready for this? I want this job, $150 an hour. <laughs> That, just so you know, that's $6,000 a week or $320,000 a year. Well, Lauren, hold on. Hold, hold, hold on. Where where hold, hold on. That's not compensation. That includes that includes your benefits and pension. So, right. yeah, it's still $300,000 a year in, in, uh, in cash payments, benefits, and uh, pension benefits. But so, there's no way. There's no no way the car companies can afford that. Right now, they're between $60 and $70 an hour. And, and that's a lot. And remember, that doesn't all go in their pocket. Like you said, there's a lot of its benefits. It's got, you got to pay into that. But what they're saying is, well, we gave during COVID, so we want back now. Well, first off, the car companies are in a negative position. All of them. All of them are in negative financial positions. They lose money on every electric vehicle. And they need less employees to assemble electric cars because there's less moving parts. So if, if you make a demand like that and say, we're just going to strike if you don't comply, uh, which is kind of a blackmail kind of move, <clears throat> what will end up happening is they'll, they're already training their white-collar workers or salaried employees to go down on the floor and build cars. That is happening as we speak right now. Hmm. They're going to stay in business, but it's going to hurt them. And what they're going to do is they're going to make robots. And they're not going to need as many workers. And it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt the economy. It's going to hurt anyone who works who's forced to be under the UAW. That's a major issue. And as we look at some of these positions, they made a counteroffer at Stellantis. And so what the new leader of the UAW said was on camera, he did like a live YouTube. He took it and threw it in the trash. So that's like, great. So now we have no negotiating space because basically you just shut the door. And this is a problem because they're planning on striking September 14th. Wow. That's right that's around the corner. very soon. Yeah. And, and then that's a major issue for consumers. There's 150,000 ballpark UAW workers from just the Detroit three. That and is they, amazing. That's, that's bad because if these people stop working, that means they're not spending money. That means that they're on strike. I, whether you want them to chant or hold signs or stay at home, it doesn't make a difference. The fact is they're not making money, and this is a problem. It impacts the economy. It's going to impact car manufacturers not producing your vehicle that you want, you've been waiting for, and there's still short parts out there. This is going to be a disaster. If you want to destroy the car industry, force them to take a loss on every car. Force them to pay $150 per person, and you know what you get? Nothing. You're not going to have car business. And much of like what happened in the U.K., in England, they said, we're going to make it real expensive. We're going to make it really difficult. And guess who owns every single British car company? Not the British. Wow. It's owned by other countries, other companies. For example, Jaguar Land Rover is owned by Tata, an Indian car company. Hmm. I mean, even Rolls-Royce is not is none of this there may be built there but none of them none of that money goes back to their country 
So if we continue on this path, we're going to have a real problem where that money from these car sales don't come back to our country and they don't come back to our workers because they're going to make it all automated and they can do it. Tesla does it. They're looking at Tesla to see how he does it because he's very smart in his design and they're going to work a deal and they'll lease his uh, styling, his designs, his whatever, his tooling, and they're going to start making cars with less people and that's going to hurt everybody. Yeah. It's a bad, a bad sign. Uh, her name is Lauren Fix. She is the car coach. You should follow her on Instagram, Twitter, also known as X, and Facebook. But check out the YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports. Lauren's putting up great videos all week long. It's not just the four-minute Friday stuff. It's excellent stuff that you need for car smarts. Thank you, my friend. Thank you.